Welcome to the Mastery Matrix podcast. I am your host, Kyrie, and on this side of the podcast world, we geek out on human potential and transformation. You know how to disrupt ourselves, elevate to mastery, and build our mind, body, spirit, and systems for greatness. I hope you're ready, guys, because I am. Let's go. All right, guys, I have an amazing treat for you today. I have one of my favorite people on earth. Uh, I have known Kimberly now at this point. Can you imagine? We've been working together, I think, almost four years at this point. And wow. uh, she ha- she is such an amazing powerhouse when it comes to personal brand building, multiple bu- leading multiple businesses and so on. And I wanted to be able to tap into her knowledge and her wisdom so that she can share that with you because she is definitely, definitely one of my favorite people. So Kimberly Olson, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Four years. That's wild. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. This is amazing. And it's funny because I've been able to see you from where, when you were making around like, you know, low, low six figures, like $200,000 yeah. a year up to now where you're making multi-millions every single year. And that has been a journey. And I definitely want to tap into your learnings in the process. First, would you share with people what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I, my main company is called Gold Digger Girl Co. And so we teach female entrepreneurs, simple systems and online strategies and sales and marketing. And my expertise is social media. So even if they just want to have more presence for their brick and mortar, most of the time though, they're coming to monetize their brand, which I know we'll definitely touch on. And so we have group coaching programs for, I'm really, my specialty is that beginner entrepreneur. So they can kind of come in and then they move their way through our program. So it's group coaching online. Yeah, I love that. And I think that you do do that so amazingly well. A lot of times when I want to give people an example of what it looks like to build a personal brand that's well done, like you're the person that I send them to, to just check out your social media, because I think it's so well done. Speaking of personal brands, I find that now everyone talks about personal brands and everyone is trying to build a personal brand. What do you think, Kimberly, is like the X factor that helped turn your personal brand into a gold mine? Yeah. So I actually, you know, I missed the mark when I first started, and a lot of people do miss the mark. I was thinking about what I thought they should do and what the market wanted. And so my first brand was called Fit Kim because I, w- I have PhDs in natural health and holistic nutrition. I was a personal trainer. So I was like, yeah, I need Fit Kim. And I wasn't passionate about it. I wasn't obsessed. It it wasn't, it didn't keep me up late at night. It was just something I knew. And when I got online and was trying to grow that nothing was coming of it. I mean, it was from 2011 till 2018, seven years of not being successful online, you know, never enough to quit my job. Right. That was my definition. And when I really got clear on who I wanted to help, it was somebody who wanted to build a business online and be home with their kids. Like that's it. Moms who just want to quit their jobs, be home with their kids, make money from social media. Then I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm learning this and I can teach it. So I kid you not, I would, I would learn something and implement it. And the next week I would go live saying, Hey, I just learned this last week. Can I share with you? And people love that. So with your personal brand, the X factor is to not think about what you should do or what you're seeing with the market. You know, a lot of like right now there's a big trend with, um, you know, this digital course and everybody's DMing me and I'm like that that's great. And what are you really passionate about? Is that what you really want to spend the rest of your life doing? Right. So it's getting clear on 
who you want to serve and what you're passionate about and who you want to help. And when you can do that and not worry about like what people will think of you or what everybody else is doing, I'm telling you, it is the, it is the missing element. Because then it becomes really you versus I do find that a lot of people who are trying to build a personal brand on social, they all look alike and they all say the same thing. And what you're saying is basically go back to you so that you bring forth what really makes you, gives you your personality and your passion and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I don't scroll and look and see what other people are doing. I never have. I've always been the one that, you know, I would, when I was younger, I would come to school and I'd have like little flowers I'd put in my hair. Cause I thought that would be creative. Like, I don't know. I just never have been somebody who's like, what is everyone else doing? So I've always been like that. And I think that this comparison, this imposter syndrome, this epidemic of, like you said, Ooh, I'm going to try to look like her instead, just ask yourself, what is a, just a, give yourself a little makeover. What would be a better version of yourself? Can you level up a little bit? Let's take that next step. But the most important thing is when people come to your social media, they need to know who you are and what you're all about. That's it. Like they need to come and not have to dig around and go DM you. Like they just need to know. And that's all it is, is just being really clear with your messaging. And also I've noticed that people are just very confused on what they want to do. And it's in the confusion that there's a lack of clarity. Well, no one's going to move forward and interact with you if your messaging is confusing. Yeah. And and the funny thing is I've noticed that not only with just beginner entrepreneurs, but even with very experienced, especially when they're like trying to pivot into something new or add something new to their brand where they start, you know, being a little bit confused about that, the whole positioning. Now, people often say, you know, you have to be authentic on social. Now, when it comes to building your personal brand, like what do you believe are parts of what you should showcase versus what is more private? Like, How do you strike that good balance there? Yeah, that's such a great question. And authentic is one of those words that's used a lot and people kind of go, well, what do you mean? You're going to know when you're being authentic, when it feels uncomfortable to share things, but you want to ask yourself, why are you sharing it? So we don't want to share, you know, maybe it's something, um, maybe you have a child that is a strong will blessing, such as myself, and you you don't necessarily need to share the episode that you had with the child and talk down about the child, but you can share about how you were able to tap into some of the skills you've developed as an entrepreneur to overcome and just be present and hold space for that child to inspire people to go, wow, okay, she doesn't have it perfect at home and she's got struggles and she was still able to do X, Y, Z. So it's the struggle to success. It's to... Because the thing is, if you do have a polished profile, you know, you've got a good solid brand, you know, I, I I love the way my brand, the visuals are, it represents what I, I want to embody. People see that and that can be intimidating. It can be, they can think I can never be like her. Well, they're not going to want to do business with me. That's, I'm too unrelatable. So it's when I'm crying on camera, right? Or I do a post where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I felt so lost and I was able to just keep my faith. So as far as how authentic to be, it comes down to vulnerability and it's not about airing your dirty laundry. It's about sharing the struggle to the success or the progress, the journey. And all you have to do is be a little bit ahead of your audience. You don't have to have arrived. You don't have to be a multimillionaire to get out there and share your message. It's just a little bit ahead of them, but that vulnerability, you'll know, cause you'll feel a little sick to your stomach, right? If you're going to hit the go live button or do that post, then you know, you're onto something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. I have seen you in the past few years where you go live sometimes and you'll be like, 
this, you know, I'm about to share something that's really vulnerable and, you know, bear with me yeah. or, you know, and I've seen you do that, which is, which is amazing. Okay, perfect. Now I want to dive into productivity because girl, yes. <laughs> like people tell me all the time, Kyrie, I don't know how you do it. And I, I want to tell you all the time, Kimberly, I don't know how you do it. So I've seen so many CEOs, so many business owners with like half of your responsibilities that feel so overwhelmed. How, in your case, how do you prioritize where, when everything feels like a priority? What's your process? Oh, such a great question. So early on, I was able to say to myself, okay, what's the next thing that I'm going to focus on in my business that I believe will move it forward? So what I did is I first, you know, came up with my brand. I launched a small group coaching and then I said, I'm going to do a podcast. That's going to be it. So in April of 2018, and now it's top 1% of all podcasts because I was consistent in all the things, but I just worked on that podcast. I watched what people are doing came up with my plan, produced two a week, and I was working full-time and the girls were one and two at the time. So there's just no room in the end. But all I did was just, just that. And I was like, okay, great. The podcast was launched. Then I'm like, I'm going to write a book. So I wrote a book. So I'm able to have that discernment to say, what, where should I spend my time? And then the really great thing is you just learn to delegate the other things to other people. And that way you're going to make more money that way because you have to spend your time in your zone of genius and what's going to move your business forward. And the bottom line is a lot of people spend time in busy work. It's not money-making activities or they're not aligned with it. And that's what actually causes burnout is that you're just doing things that don't light you up. When I'm in the zone, which is quite often, I have to make myself go to bed. I get up in the morning and I, I get the girls on the bus and I'm like, okay, like personal development might even be it, right? A podcast, but like, I'm ready to go. So how do you tap into that is absolutely spending time in the things that light you up and then that you're really good at and make sense for your business and then delegating everything else. I love it. I love it. Is when it comes, you want to talk real quick about your latest book, because you talk about this topic uh, a lot in it. Like, what do you think some of like, are the key lessons and we're going to give the link for everyone to be able to tap into the different groups, uh, the, the different books that you've written. But what are like some of the key lessons aside uh, from what you just shared that you want people to remember from this conversation today when it yeah. comes to product? Yeah, for sure. So I, I know a lot of your audience is similar to us, you know, raising families and yes. we've got a lot on our plate. It can even be, you know, caring for an elderly parent or a full-time job, which you feel like you're married to your job, right? So there's, there's responsibilities. And what I've learned to do that's helped me so much is to switch hats and I switch them very quickly. And so when, as soon as uh, it's time to get the girls off the bus, I put my phone down and I'm like, I'm mom right now. And I go into mom mode and I'm mom and I'm present with them. I'm not perfect, obviously, but I'm very conscious of it. And then when it's time to work and I have communicated with my husband, we, we, he knows like, I'm like, Hey, I've got something I've got to really get done. He'll shut the doors. And he knows like, he's going to take over if he's home. Right. So it's, it's being able to switch gears where you are in different roles. There are so many different roles that we have, but being able to prioritize what you're, you're doing in the moment, because we're actually really bad at multitasking. And all of the web, though, all those browsers you have open, you y'all, like it's not helping you. Okay. Or ping, ping, ping. I have all my notifications turned off on my phone all the time. I never know what's going on on Facebook. The only one I have is my text messages in case it's an emergency from school or something. That's it. Because we are entrepreneurs tend to be 
our minds work really fast and therefore we can get distracted really easy. So I've trained myself, I actually do have ADD and I've trained myself to have that mental focus through meditation, you know, walking every day. Like there's disciplines I've developed to train myself to focus mentally. And I out loud will be like, what are you doing on this website? <laughs> like, how did you even get here? Go back to what you were doing. Like I have to like self-coach quite frequently. And uh, that that has absolutely helped me a lot for sure. So just prioritizing and focusing on that one thing that you're doing. Oh my gosh, it's going to change your life. Yeah. And I've seen some people, you know, try to integrate, you know, the personal and, the, and I don't think that when you do that, you're able to do any fully. So I totally. found too, over the years, I've learned to really like when I'm done, phone is off. I never have notifications either on and it's full kids mode or it's yeah. full something else mode, full workout mode versus trying to do all the things at once, because that's just extremely overwhelming. I love that. Now, one quick question about your crazy fast growth over the past like three, four years, especially those first two years that uh, that I knew you, where you went from like 200K to pretty much multi-millions. What, how do you feel like your relationship with money evolved during that transition? How there's is this really good book? Yeah, it, there's this book called Money, A Love Story, and it's such a love story, isn't it? Ah, what's, what's the name of the book? I need to it's check it called out. called Money, Money, Trauma, A Love Story by Kate something. She's so great. And she's just, she's just cute. And I just like the way she writes. I always love audibles if I can listen to the author. And uh, she's got a couple of great books. So that book, it just really hit home with me. It's, it's a love story for me. It's, you know, there's ups and downs, but having, having that leap that I had. So I did 250,000 my first full year as an entrepreneur. And that end of that year, I met you and got into, you know, you were my coach. And that next year I did 1.1 million. And then the next year I did 2.7 million. So there were like huge jumps. And I looked back and I was like, what was it? What was it? And learning to scale, obviously having a good solid flagship program, you know, the mechanics, but the mindset part, I actually started really working on my identity and relationship with money and the wealth frequency tapping into abundance. And, you know, I grew up poor food stamps, you know, all that. And so there was all this programming and I also noticed I was spending it all. So when I made 250,000, that's the most money I'd ever made in my life. I didn't have any at the end of the year nothing. It's like, how do you even do that? And it was, I was spending it because my programming was, you don't have money, you're broke. Right. So the next year I was able to keep quite a bit of it in the year after as well. And there's ups and downs to it. You know, I really believe that that stuff is so rooted in our subconscious and our cells and our DNA that you have to constantly work on it. And so, uh, for me and for those that like got, you're like, Oh, know that mechanics are just a piece of it. It's actually going to be your relationship with money, how you, how you see yourself as valuable and worthy in the world, being able to boldly have a conversation with a client or potential client to say, I know I'm, I can help you. So let's get you enrolled in this program. That's not easy for a lot of people because they're afraid. They don't think that they can do that. Right. And so there's all of these dynamics and elements to it. So it's not like, it's not linear. It's not black and white at all. I feel like it is this messy love story. And I'm definitely, definitely um, in in the journey with it for sure. Like it's it's a big part of my life. No, I love it. And I find that a lot of entrepreneurs have, you know, these money ceilings or limits that they place on themselves as well. Do you find that you've, you have to work through that with your clients as well? And, you know, what is your process in, helping somebody. Cause I also noticed that even in your content, 
you talk about it more and about diversifying and showing to people what's possible when it comes to money and even what you're doing with your kids to get them more familiar with the concept of abundance. So how do you do that when you're working with clients as well? Yeah, so I actually tend to draw a lot of uh, servant-oriented women to me. So nurses, teachers, you know, ones that want to make a difference in the world. That's why they're getting into entrepreneurship. And it's usually not even about themselves. It's because they want to retire their husband or quit their job and be home with their kids. Like it's very selfless. And so when I dig in, what I find a lot of times is that they they think it's wrong to have money. I actually just had a client. I did a call with her. She's 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 on track to do a quarter of a million this year with a business, a dog grooming business that she started when she came into the program a year ago. No business. I mean, this is incredible, right? Guess what our call was about? She's like, talk to me about God and the Bible and like how I can't, oh, it's okay that I have all this money. It's like, okay. Like, let's talk about that. And I actually did, um, I made these devotional cards. There's 52 of them and they're all biblical. The reason why I did it, and you know, everybody has different beliefs, but the reason why I did it is to show people it is biblically based to be wealthy and abundant and be pro- and be prosperous. Think about it. Who would you rather have the money in this world? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to flinch when somebody is in need and needs something. I can write a check. Well, that's what we can do. So it's actually seeing what's, what is the story you've been told or telling yourself in relation to it and the limit you have. And it was her, her thing was she just had enough to get by. And she finally was able to like learn the tools to grow her business. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like we're more than getting by. Like I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. So it's an upper limit. You know, it's a ceiling that, that, that is there. So we, and you probably see this too. It's often women are afraid of success. It's not a fear of failure. It's a fear of success because they're like, well, what if all the clients flood in and I can't handle it? Or what if there's all this money and I don't know what I would do with that and I don't deserve it. So it's just getting, again, becoming aware and having that conversation and then reframing it to say, but what could happen and what could you do with that? And wow, how can we change the story of money and women and us being successful? And what is that going to do? I have two daughters. So what, what am I showing them what's possible? Like in our lifetime, we can change the entire conversation around women and wealth and money. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. I love it. And this is actually, I have a couple more questions for you, uh, but this drives me to the other question I was going to ask you, what do you want? Let's say 20 fast forward 20 years from now, what do you want your daughters to say about their, you know, multimillionaire mother? Like, what is the thing that you want to leave to them? Yeah. So I definitely want them to go after it. Anything's possible, right? We all want that. But Mm -hmm. I I honestly want them to truly believe that the world is their playground and they can do whatever they want. And I want them to pursue their passions and be creative and make a difference in this world. You know, I think the, the best, like the most honoring thing can be to raise a strong, strong, healthy, happy adult child to see them making a difference in this world, because that's what legacy is, you know? And when, you know, you and I have had conversations about the legacy work that I'm doing. Yeah. I want to be remembered for inspiring women and teaching them how to build their businesses and changing this whole conversation. Like we talked about for my daughters, I want them to want to do that, you know, like to really make a difference hundred percent. Love it. Love it. And given everything that you've accomplished, like what, what would you say is your next mountain to climb? Like what, what's maybe an aspiration that those who are close to you might be surprised to hear right now that you're working towards? 
Yeah, gosh, that's a great question. I feel like I've definitely, you know, achieved the things I, it's manifest manifesting and stuff like that comes really easy for me. I would love to have a company that is very self-led. You know, my, my team is leading it and that they're just making such great money. Like someone prophesized uh, for me a year ago and said, your team is going to become your clients. And I thought that was so weird. I was like, mm, no, like I'm a coach, you know? But where I'm working with them, I'm coaching them, I'm developing them. And I have a self-led company, you know, just these amazing women that are running the company. And I am literally spending my time teaching, coaching, and mentoring, like traveling, speaking, writing books, that to me, and that they're all making really great money. Like that's important to me um, that they're just like so well taken care of. Again, kind of that abundance, uh, abundance mentality, but that it's this like just amazing well-oiled machine. It's easy, free and light, like that it's possible because the hustle culture, yeah, you got to work hard and you can work hard to create whatever you want. So what do you want your life to look like, right? Your work and all that. I believe it is possible. 100%. Oh my God. I love this. This has been so much, so much fun, Kim. What would you say just as last word, like piece of advice to any entrepreneur who's listening to this right now? And they're like, I would love to walk in, the, in those footsteps. What would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, the hardest part about being an entrepreneur, are those moments when you doubt yourself and you think, can I do this? Or is it all going to go away? Right. Or just those like very like scary feelings. And I would say to you, definitely have your support system, whether it's being in a coaching program, a community, whether it's you've got your ride or die that you can call and just be like, I'm feeling really doubtful right now that someone can remind you of who you are and why you're here and what you're doing. And also whenever we're, whenever you're feeling down or just, just know that that's completely normal, but also go outward, just turn it outward and think, how can I make a difference in somebody's life today? How can I just focus on adding value to this world? Like do something that really makes you feel good. And it's in the act of turning outward and giving that you actually get back and and you'll get back on track that way. But I wish, I wish you could know ahead of time, but you can't, that there will be ups and downs. That's just what entrepreneurship is. There's just ups and downs, but it is so worth it. It's like the most wild ride ever, but it's like, you feel like you're living, you know, you're actually living and you've created this, like you've created this, it's co-creation, right? And so it's worth it. There's ups and downs. Don't go it alone. Stay the course, keep your eye on what you want. And just think about that long-term legacy impact. And you, you definitely can't go wrong. Amazing. I love it. Tell people please where they can find you, learn more about you. Yeah. What's the first thing they should do to connect with you? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on all social platforms. It's the gold digger girl everywhere, G-O-A-L. And then we actually have um, the book we were talking about. Uh, it's an international bestseller. We'll we'll gift it to all of you. So I'll get it to Kyrie so she can include it and you can grab it. You can get the digital, you know, it's just easy to find that. So we'll get that to you. You should read through it. I think you guys will love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for being on today. This was super fun. And guys, make sure that you go and connect with her on social and uh, take a look at her book, her books, because she has several of them. They're amazing. All right. So have an amazing rest of your day and I will see you guys super soon. There you have it. If you got any insight from today's show, guys, please make sure that you leave a review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That would mean a lot to me. Also, the conversation continues and I want you to connect with me on IG or Facebook. 
at Kyrie Var. Now, this information is in the show notes, so you can grab it in there and message me with your biggest takeaway from today's show. All right, so thanks again so much for being here with me today. I will see you very soon.